and we are rolling. So thank you for listening to Abroad Madness. My name is Tom, and today I have another guest with me. So yeah, like, do you want to introduce <laughs> yourself? So yeah, hi. So can you please tell me your yeah yeah your name, and so where you're mm-hmm. from? Like, are you currently a student or are you working? And also, what is or was your major? Okay, so my name is Anna. And I'm currently living in Germany. I'm in Berlin, but yeah, I'm half German, half British. <laughs> and yeah, I'm currently still a student. I'm not sure why I thought you were half Canadian. Do you know. even know me? <laughs> Probably not. Do you even know me? <laughs> Probably not. But yeah, okay. Do I sound Do I sound Canadian to you? <laughs> you don't sound British. Well, you don't sound Malaysian right now. <laughs> well, like, I have my accent. Yeah. Like it was like do t- it more. Yeah. There was this like I guess the last episode it was like with a Singaporean girl, so I was struggling so hard to just like keep my accent in check. No, just let it out. I I don't want it. <laughs> so like straight after like the whole Whoa. podcast like ended. I just like you know took out the mic and everything, and I just like my Malaysian accent just like flooded out. I was just like, <laughs> and then she was like, "Oh, now your accent is out." I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, I I kind of like you know hold it in for like two hours." So yeah, but my my major is English, main focus on linguistics, so I'm really interested in accents, and mm. I know I don't stick uh, to a British accent the whole time. I'm pretty neutral, I guess. Mm. But yeah. yeah, I feel like when we were spending two weeks in Korea. Uh-huh. I actually felt you became more Malaysian. Oh, you serious? had more Malaysian accent at the end. Yeah, I don't know why. I guess like when my Malaysian accent comes out, it's usually when I'm very, very tired. <laughs> <laughs> you were maybe tired the whole. <laughs> Probably yeah. I mean, we are, we're, we're good. No, I guess I don't know. Like, I mean, we just like kind of threw a bomb of on people. Like, oh, like we just went, like we went to Korea. We had like a Korean trip, but. You know, we're gonna talk about that. That's gonna be like you know part of the podcast, like part of like our whole <laughs> yeah. adventure. So, I mean, we obviously basically met... that's the moment where Tom and I bonded. <laughs> yeah, kinda. And I mean, we we quarrel, <laughs> we bonded, and like there was so much <laughs> shit that happened. We're gonna give you all the juicy, uh, juicy details of our two-week Korea trip. Oh, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> This is like teasing, teasing the the people to continue listening. <laughs> yeah, you should. So, I but mean, yeah, Tom. Hmm? Like, how did we meet? How did we meet? Do you remember the first time we met? Not really. I I I feel bad for everyone, but then like, <laughs> I ask people. I ask people this question because like I I feel like half of the time like all the people that I've met like you know. The the people who I asked on the podcast, half of them I met when I'm drunk. We didn't meet drunk, actually. Oh wait, wait, For okay. A change. Oh, okay. We met at the supermarket. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, we met at the supermarket, and I I asked you to read stuff to me because I couldn't read kanji. Hmm. Well, like yeah. And I was looking for vinegar. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I remember I now. Remember I remember the, now. I remember it now. Kanji for vinegar. <laughs> I remember it now. I remember it now. I remember like kind of just walking around, like walking down the aisle and be like finding vinegar and be like, "This is apple vinegar. This is like weird taste vinegar." I think I think that happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like for me back then, I mean, still today, I love the supermarket. I feel like a supermarket is like a good place to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, mm-hmm. one of the main things I miss from Japan. It's a supermarket. <laughs> Serious? Wait, wait, why, why? Yeah, but I mean, like one of the big reasons to go to Japan, I guess, for many people, is the food, right? 
So well, yeah. supermarkets, restaurants, that's what you're going to miss. Mm. Kind of first thing you're going to miss when you come back home. Whenever whenever <laughs> I told, like talk to everyone, everyone's just like, I miss the convenience. Well, yeah, and also convenience. But that's also food and drink and just the convenient mm. version of it. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, so we met at a supermarket. Like, the strange thing is, like, like you know, remember Taisho? So, me and Taisho, whenever mm. we hang out, so because he's busy, I'm also busy, like, you know, architecture student. So, whenever we want to hang out, I would just text him. I was like, Taisho, do you want to go to a supermarket? So like, <laughs> I feel like we're we're like kind of like middle-aged lady who's like, oh, let's go to a supermarket. And then we just like but walk. I think in. it's a good way to test if you really click with a friend. Mm. If just do like run errands with them and do really boring stuff. And if mm. you still have, can have fun and have the funniest conversation and talk shit, that means you, you that's going to be a good friend. Yeah, yeah. That's a good indicator. No, that definitely. <laughs> it's more of like because... You know, back then in Niigata University, we had to just to walk from our place to the supermarket. It took like around an hour. And then so an hour there, an hour back, and then, you know, some 30 to 40 minutes just choosing what we want. So, you know, it's always better to have someone than to just listen to music for an hour. It's a whole trip going to the supermarket. And then then also you can go and eat sushi. (laughs) Oh, we never did (laughs) that. No, we never did that. Just three times. <laughs> yeah. I I wasn't that big of a fan of sushi. Too recently, actually. I remember we made you go there, though. Yeah. And I was like, oh, do I really have to go? And I walked there. I was like, oh, okay, let's just go. Uh, I'll just add. because like back then. <laughs> I'm hungry now. Yeah. Back then, I wasn't too keen on sushi because I till this day I don't really choose like the raw fish. I choose like you know all the burnt stuff or like the cheese stuff or meat <laughs> and stuff like. Not friend, they kind of like, you know, they they kind of they kind of like just torch the top of it, or it's just like yeah, you know, yeah, it's not salmon. raw. Yeah, it's not raw. But recently, I've been getting into like more sushi because I met this friend recently, and then because he works at Hamazushi, like one of the sushi chain restaurant, mm. and he loves sushi so yeah. much that whenever I ask to hang out with him, he would be like, "Okay, where should we go?" And then the first thing that pops into his mind, his mind is always either Hamazushi, Uobe, or sushi roll. So this year, <laughs> like the times yeah. like I've been to a sushi place has been, I think, more than all the time, e- like equally. Like, you know, wait, that doesn't make sense. But uh, I've been in Japan for seven <laughs> years and this is my and eighth. And your seventh? No, this is my eighth. Oh, okay. So, so my eighth so year. So your eighth year is my eighth year, your the, sushi year. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's, it was, it's definitely a sushi year for me. Because I think <laughs> back then I ate sushi, let's say, like once per three months. And that's it. It's not even that oh. often. Like, I didn't well, go that often. Yeah. I mean, I guess the reason to be obsessed with eating all the sushi you can, is when you go to Niigata, basically, that's the best sushi in oh, Japan. Oh, it's right? so true. It's so true. And then also, for example, for somebody living in the European Union, like mm-hmm. somebody probably needs to fact check me on this, but somebody told me that by law in the EU, all fish um, needs to be frozen before it's like at some point before it's like served. Oh, serious? So like so. Mm. So even if you have raw fish here, like salmon or whatever, it's been frozen before. So it's never actually fresh by law. That's why <laughs> sushi here, it tastes in comparison, it doesn't taste that good. 
It's like even different. if you go to an expensive place here, it still wouldn't taste as fresh or as good as in Japan because it's been frozen, <laughs> basically. Yeah, there's also in Germany, in Dusseldorf, I think it's the largest Japanese community in Europe. Mm. So there are many really, really good Japanese restaurants. And that's basically where I was introduced to Japanese food. But yeah, even there, it didn't taste as good as the cheapest, even the cheapest sushi in Niigata tastes better than like the really good sushi there. Like it's still okay. But yeah, once you've been to Japan, <laughs> it's been ruined for you for life. Now you can, have, you can only eat it. In Japan, <laughs> like there will definitely be like a comparison, being like, "Oh, it's good, okay, but it's not as good as Japan." Basically, yeah, you become you become a food snob. <laughs> it's basically, Japan is a food snob program. <laughs> you it's go true. there, and then you get really picky when you come back. No, like, I mean, ah, no, this soy sauce isn't this good. No, I like this I one. <laughs> I get you. Like whenever there, there was like two times I went to a ramen restaurant. Like overseas, like once was in Malaysia, and the other one was in like in Bordeaux. I don't know mm-hmm. why. I just wanted something that is not cheese and bread. French French food. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> no baguettes. Yeah, no, no. I just like I just like don't want it. Yeah, like I just exactly as you said. I find myself just comparing, be like, oh, this is not as good as Japan. Like I sound really, really snobbish, but it's like it's true. Like, it just doesn't taste good. Yeah, it's true. Plus, the sushi here, they put stuff in it you would never put into sushi in Japan. Well, obviously, it changed because, like, you know, it's a different country. Yeah. So, I think here, people are not really interested in mainly eating fish anyway. They are like, oh, like, the California rolls or I don't know. (laughs) Like, I literally see quite often, like, maki rolls with paprika inside oh okay that's weird <laughs> and i'm like why well, I mean, oh like, yeah and then yeah. i mean lots of japanese yeah. restaurants they're not owned by japanese people overseas oh, yeah. they're owned by other races <laughs> other races that are from asia <laughs> or southeast asia yeah depending on the country like which nationality is more there it's probably yeah. them and not japanese people <laughs> yeah well, I mean, like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> people, they see a market, they see there's a need for it, and then they just do it. You know, they just do what they need to survive. Oh, yeah. Props to them. And you get to eat food. Japanese food uh, is trendy. Or, yeah. And the next upcoming trend is clearly Korean food. Like, also in Berlin now, you can get Korean fried chicken and bibimbap and stuff like that. Mm. And, like, just five years ago, people had no clue. Yeah. about these foods but now i feel like it's like the new trend like people may have heard of it or tried it once <laughs> it's interesting how this what changes. do you think will be the new trend like after korean after, after korean i don't know whatever the next trend is <laughs> like i guess it's because of k-pop i guess yeah, people yeah, are definitely. getting more aware of korea like chinese food has already been modified to every <laughs> single country's needs i mean J- japan has their own chinese food version yeah i mean also in germany or i guess in all countries they adapted to the taste yeah because uh, my dad my dad grew up in hong kong and he's like complaining <laughs> <laughs> about the chinese food here but still if you ask him like oh do you want to go out to eat he would always answer yeah, chinese yeah. food <laughs> <laughs> because it's still the best you can kind of get <laughs> yeah no i get it like i don't know if it's just like the asian in me but once you've eaten rice 
and then you suddenly have to change from eating rice to eating bread so like yeah no <laughs> i actually got to try some bread when i was in germany like last time and it doesn't it's just different it's very very different it's just not the same bread i've had and i've gotten used to and such a yeah. different texture for like bread well to tell you the truth after being i spent one semester in gata yeah and after coming back i was like i didn't miss bread that much uh-huh. um but I, i was like okay yeah finally <laughs> <laughs> well, well it wasn't really finally i wasn't really missing it but okay after some half a year i was eating bread again and it tasted so different from what i had in mind like my memory uh-huh. of the taste like it was much more sou- sour yeah and i was kind of surprised i feel like my my tongue adapted to the japanese like palate yes over that half a year so i had to kind of get used again but yeah still now i don't really eat bread that much i don't have bread in the house right now <laughs> to tell you the truth so you can see and i and i have rice here so okay <laughs> i seriously sometimes question those i'm like so it's like a very norm like it's a very like norm thing to say that oh like asians just try, eat rice and then the europeans eat bread i'm not sure about americans but the europeans like you know bread or like baguette like just that's their staple food that's like you know, their main food But it's just like yeah, I would say for European countries, it's basically bread or potatoes. Probably. Yeah, for yeah. German too. But then for me, it's just like I don't know why my brain is just like rice is such a like you can just pour everything or anything on it and it tastes it tastes good. But then bread is just like like you just put like you just put jam on it. <laughs> <laughs> or you just like you know make sausage roll out of it like I, like it's just like i've not never been like how would you say oh like just garlic bread got uh, sorry garlic bread like i like i like that but then it's just like it feels like there's such a limit like i don't maybe it's just i don't know that much like you know recipes or just like uh, ingredients of like just food that includes bread in it That is not just putting th- stuff on it, or just like kind of like searing stuff on it. But yeah, I, I guess if you would ask a European person, they would answer the same about rice. Though they're like, "Oh, I don't know what to eat with the rice." Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, how can you eat that every day? It's going to be really bland. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I feel. For example, um, I was in a student organization, and one which like organized exchanges, mm-hmm. and When one of this? the girls came. Um, right when I came back from Japan. Okay. So the, the organization is called ISEC, which is spelled A I E S E C, and it's a French abbreviation. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can Google that if interested. But yeah, basically, it exists in most of the countries, even in Japan, mm-hmm. and they organize like student exchanges. Um, either internships or volunteering abroad. So you go abroad for a few weeks to the other country, and then also if you're an organization, you prepare to welcome the people from abroad. So right before COVID happened, we actually had 20 people come from different countries to our city, and we only did volunteering, so they were in volunteering projects. But yeah, and then one of the Germans that went abroad, like this is actually the point of the story. Um, she went to Indonesia and she came back and did like a presentation about Indonesia, and she was like, "Yeah, I feel they only eat like dry rice with stuff. <laughs> Basically, all the meals I had was, I mean, I'm quoting her, dry rice with stuff." 
And I feel like this is the German expectation that if you eat rice, you have to have like sauce. Uh, and basically, she was, she was saying like there was no sauce, like a lot of sauce <laughs> on the rice, so it, it felt like it was dry and boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she just didn't get the food concept. I mean, also in Japan, you just have like a bowl of rice. You're not gonna put like sauce on the rice. Like now, like like you say, it's just like because we've gotten so used to it. So, but then like when being told from like a different perspective, it is like. <laughs> Kind of, I feel like rice is just to kind of neutralize whatever food that we eat to make it kind of like... Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it matches with everything. Yeah, and so it makes like, for example, like <laughs> um, this curry is way too spicy or this curry, like the soup is way too salty. Once you put it on rice, it kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a bad word to say, but it blends it out or it just kind of like mix, like, you know, it doesn't make it as strong. So it makes it easier to like, you know, eat. I guess that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for her, like the advantage you see, it, it matches with everything, was the di- like the disadvantage mm. for her. Like, it's bland. <laughs> Coming <laughs> so from she Germany. Felt, she felt like the food was bland, but, well, yeah, it's kind of odd, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand quite her perspective i'm just saying that this is probably what most german people might think mm. i don't agree <laughs> but yeah that's probably what they think about rice <laughs> yeah. we, we should steer away from food sorry for anyone who, who's listening to this hungry but let's just talk about how you decided to go abroad i mean like what was your first exchange i guess when was your first exchange exchange to a different country um so yeah my first exchange wasn't (laughs) to japan so (laughs) i went to japan during my master's degree and i also went on an exchange already to sweden during my bachelor's degree oh wait okay yeah (laughs) so it was kind of the second exchange i was on when we met wait what, what was so korea i mean you said that you went to korea and stuff like that so was korea just kind of like a you just went there to work or was it to just like go on a vacation so yeah <laughs> what thomas mentioning now is not the trip we went together to oh, korea yeah, it's true <laughs> I, I before we went i actually went to korea twice already so that was the third time i traveled to korea <laughs> <laughs> because i guess you can't just yeah you can't get enough of korea true, um true. yeah but that was after that was after sweden i was in korea in busan for six weeks and volunteering at an english cafe But yeah, I mean, the very first exchange I went on actually was also to Sweden when I was in school. There was basically a school exchange with another school in Stockholm. And we got to go to Stockholm for two weeks, I think. And then they came and visited us for two weeks. So yeah, but I think because of that, I wanted to go back to Sweden because my impression back then of Sweden was very, very good. Okay. So I was like, yeah, actually, maybe I want to try living in Sweden. Like it felt like like an ideal country to live in. But so what happened that like chose to come to Japan or Korea? You know, because like you went from Sweden, very like the last country you would think of that has anything to do with Japan or Korea or like East Asia. And then you just suddenly pop into Japan. So it's like, yeah. what happened? <laughs> well, it's actually connected to Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, it may sound weird now, but yeah, basically when I was in Sweden, I was already interested in Japan, but it was more like a dream travel destination for me. Like, oh yeah, it would be cool to go there just one day. Yeah, so, everyone has that. 
actually when i was in sweden i could already speak okay maybe not speak <laughs> i knew some basic i knew some basic japanese <laughs> okay yeah because i did one semester of japanese even before i went to sweden so okay. this was like in 2013 wow but uh -huh. yeah the course was really slow i just learned to write hiragana and basic greetings and i could introduce myself and that's all i could do and after that i stopped studying japanese for years <laughs> well, until i knew that i was going to Niigata. <laughs> so yeah but basically they were in the town i went to in sweden there were a lot of people from korea japan and also other asian countries but yeah basically they introduced me to their culture yeah and i basically became friends with them so that's the reason why i traveled to korea um the first time was just yeah to visit them again and also because well they introduced me to korean food korean music Ooh. and i basically all i knew about korea before was gangnam style <laughs> <laughs> well that's what everyone knew well, no, not even really yeah not back then yeah that was in 2014 i never really heard of k-pop i knew about gangnam style mm. and Nobody had ever heard of BTS. I don't even know since when BTS. No, is I don't think BTS was in function back then. Back then, like what was more, you know, girls famous. generation. Yeah, girls generation, Wonder Girls, Super Junior, two p.m., two a.m. Like, uh, and also, uh, yeah, like those, like the earlier ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was introduced to basically, and then mm. also more like the Korean people I met there. They listened to more like indie artists or like Korean mm. R&B, hip hop. So. Yeah, that's actually the first Korean music I heard was that kind of music, and I, yeah, and it's which is totally different from the Korean music which is popular, I guess, abroad now. And then also, this is just gonna mean like, oh, actually, I just remembered another. Actually, the first time I met Korean people was in Iceland, because I also went to Iceland before Sweden. Yeah, in my very first semester in the semester break, uh -huh. I went um, to Iceland to volunteer at the film festival there Why for are months. you volunteering and so much? Basically, <laughs> because you get to travel and get uh, accommodation for free. Okay. So if you want a cheap way to travel and you want to stay in a country for like a month or like a few weeks, um, just Google the country's name and volunteering and you'll find something. And mostly it's like really easy to sign up. So mm. yeah, okay. I was a month in Iceland. <laughs> And yeah, and there were also Korean people there. That's how I actually knew how to write Hangul a little bit. Like I could write my name, I think. Yes. And I could I could say really random words in Korean because their English wasn't that good. Yes. So we were mainly communicating through Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, for example, in Iceland, um, Icelandic courses are like really popular and every time we would drive somewhere with the car and then we would see horses <laughs> like one of the koreans would always be like point and be like mal mal and i was like <laughs> ah horse means mal <laughs> and that's how i continue to learn <laughs> learning random words that you probably never at the end, everybody in the in from the volunteers could basically say really random words <laughs> like everybody in the morning said annyeong to everyone like to each other <laughs> <laughs> to like include them but ex mm. but except like some people instead of saying onion they would say onion onion <laughs> theo <laughs> yeah they would be like just onion <laughs> onion <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> onion. Oh, I never made that connection. <laughs> yeah, and also, like meal. Yeah, like, itadakima. Wait, no. yeah, itadakima. Yeah. By the way, for people who doesn't know Japanese, that's that's just saying I I I'm eating. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Like some people like don't really see. It's like you know, you kind of sometimes forget that yo, like you just assume that you everyone. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, everyone just like watches anime, but then I realize like yo, my sister who listens to it to this podcast also. I I I mean I know she's like. Because she gives me red, like she gives me updates about it. She's like, "Oh yeah, you did this. Oh yeah, I listened to it." Mm. And then so, like, I feel like the only person that I know is a stay. I mean, besides you, who is like a staple listener, <laughs> it's you and my sister. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm definitely sure that my like you know my sister doesn't really know about itadakimasu. Like she doesn't watch anime, so yeah. As if anime would be the only source to learn itadakimasu. <laughs> well, kind of is, but yeah. But yeah, like you were saying. Yeah, so when I went to Sweden, I surprised, like, I met Koreans, and I just randomly said Korean words, and they were like, whoa, <laughs> you know Korea? Like, can you to come over tonight? We're going to have bibimbap, and then, yeah. And that, 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 is, that so just introduced you to Korea. That's how I got Korea. pulled into this. Yeah, basically. I was really curious then about going to Korea. Or before, I, I had the feeling like, oh, yeah, I can't really afford to travel, like, outside of Europe as a student. Like, I wouldn't have enough money because I feel, yeah, I mean, if somebody, if you research traveling to Japan, the first thing that's going to come up is, like, it's going to be really expensive. Yeah. So I thought, okay, probably not going to be possible or I have to, like, save money for a long time. Yes, yes. But, yeah, it is possible. <laughs> you did <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. You achieved it. Yeah. What was your six months in Korea like? Wait, six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> six months? I <laughs> wish. I wish. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Six weeks. It was really fun um, because I was living with the other volunteers in the same apartment. So you you basically arrived alone, but you immediately had friends. And mm. that made everything really easy. And the work was also really fun. I mean, what you do in an English cafe mainly is just talk to people in English. <laughs> All the volunteers get their own table. And you just wait until the customers come in and yeah, then they sit down with you and you just have a chat with them, like ask them about their life and then you'll get into some topic and speak. Sometimes it's a bit difficult because some people are kind of shy uh. to speak English or maybe they don't know that much English yet. So yeah, but then there are also games you can play and stuff where you can yeah slowly try to like ease them to using english so but yeah it was fun it's an easy job and it's only three hours a day so that's barely working i would say yeah and then you were free you were you were free to do whatever you wanted to in your free time so after six months like six weeks i'm not sure i keep saying i don't know why i keep <laughs> saying six months it just makes sense to just say six months but yeah after six weeks in, yeah. uh, in korea you went back to germany and so you find like what made you like how did you find like you know, you said that it wasn't impossible like it wasn't that impossible so how did you come to japan i mean i actually don't think i've ever asked you to my research topic in general is english as english as a world language especially in asia so my bachelor's thesis was about english in korea and then i had a talk with my professor about and she was like oh okay so what else are you interested in like what do you want to do with your master's degree what will your focus like stay on Korea 
And then I told her basically, yeah, I'm really interested in Japan. Like I started studying Japanese again and I'm thinking about becoming an English teacher in Japan once I finish with my studies. So maybe I should write about Japan. And then she said, well, have you been to Japan? I was like, well, actually, no. <laughs> and she's like, um, she said, you should go there and yeah, check out the country. And you, it's much easier to do this while you're a student yes. than just moving there for work. <laughs> yes, so yeah, sure. she was basically saying to me, like, go there for a semester abroad, use that time also, like, to learn more Japanese and use that towards your thesis in the end. In that time, you can think about how much you actually like Japan, if that would be a country you want to live in. Mm. That's actually <laughs> so kind like, of cool. Yeah. So yeah, I totally agreed with her. And she is also, she, she also loves Japan. Mm. So I felt like she was like living through me, sending me to Japan. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, I then looked up the partner universities my university had in Japan which was Niigata University, Meiji University, and Tokyo University of Foreign Studies. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, but I ruled out Tokyo University of Foreign Studies immediately because I felt I would just meet foreigners there, basically. I mean, you that kinda, was my image. You kind of also ended up yeah. just meeting foreigners also in Niigata, too. <laughs> well, yeah, but this is the thought process. <laughs> <laughs> These the thoughts that count. Yeah, and then I thought, okay, I looked up Niigata, and there's not that much information about it except yes, it's it's in the countryside and yes. it's near the ocean, <laughs> and and they have a sake vending machine. <laughs> like one when I told my professor that I'm going to Niigata, she reasoned, she literally wrote back in the email, "Have fun drinking the sake vending at the sake vending machine." <laughs> Because she was like, when you Google Niigata, that's kind of the stuff that comes up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's like basically the only... Well, I mean, definitely there's other things, but then you have to search it in Japanese. But if you search it, like Niigata, yeah. it's either skiing, snowboarding, which like, you know, they don't rank that high. Nagano it has the best, one of the best in like the whole land. And obviously Hokkaido is just like amazing. It's a different... It's a different thing. And so, yeah, yeah, like, Niigata is like... We we say we're famous for sake. But then, even then, we're not... Apparently, we think we're famous for it. But then, I think the rest of Japan doesn't think that way. <laughs> so, it's like a very interesting situation. I think it's mainly rice and then just yeah. sake. Nihonshu is basically just a product of the rice. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. as you said just now, like once you came here, like Niigata has so much to offer, like their food, the rice is really good. I'm not, I mean, obviously you have to be <laughs> not a connoisseur, but then someone who eats rice a lot to like kind of know the difference of rice in Tokyo and also rice in Niigata. Like if you go to a restaurant, it feels completely different. And also... As you said just now, like yeah. the sushi is so much different. I still remember going to sushi roll in Tokyo and it was shit. And it was expensive too. Like it was like around <laughs> one plate was around 120 yen. It's not that expensive, but you know, in Niigata, I could eat it for a 100, 100 yen without tax. And then sometimes even 90 yen, yeah. depending on the, on the weekdays. But then suddenly I'm in Tokyo and then they're offering, they're, they're you know, charging me 120 yen. And it's not even that good. It's like kind of shit. And so I was like, yeah, no. You got it forever. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Like, I didn't believe there would be a difference in rice because 
I was like, yeah, rice is rice. It's but the same shit. I took part in the Niigata rice flavor conversion program and now <laughs> I'm changed. I changed person. So. <laughs> I get what you mean. It's like you can never eat somewhere else. You, I don't know why. It's just like, I'm not sure if this is just me being a very, like already a converted person. Kind of like, you know, like, and you know, just judging Tokyo rice, being like, you guys are just peasants, just like, you know, eating your Tokyo, <laughs> like weird Tokyo rice, and I'm living like the high quality Japanese Niigata rice. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, I would say to anybody traveling to Japan, don't just stick to Tokyo. Don't just stick to the main big city. Go, like, do one trip, one weekend or something, if you can, to the countryside. It doesn't have to be Niigata. Yeah. But, Niigata's um, kind of shit without, yeah. without transport, though. I mean, where would they go? They would just mainly stick to the Niigata city, right? Yeah, yeah. But then, like, they a lot of the... Like, <laughs> Niigata has, like, a lot of things that are just, like, kind of far out. Like, there's a... <laughs> it sounds weird, but there's a nail Okay, tipper. okay. There's a nail clipper, like a, the nail clippers, like uh, in Sanjo, yeah. where, I'm living, uh, where I'm living close to. Like in Sanjo, there's a nail clipper kind of business. It's it's kind of like just like all those really, it's very unnecessary, basically. It's a very unnecessary thing, but then it's a Japanese tool, like a Japanese nail clipper that is made out of like a certain iron. And it's really, really expensive. You can give it out as like a gift. And that is actually one of the tourist attraction. Like, not gonna lie. Like, if you looked it up, it's okay. actually there. Okay, guys, go, go to Niigata, get the nail clipper. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, one you of the nail clippers is like, <laughs> I guess like 20,000 yen. One for like this one tiny one. Uh, I wouldn't pay that much for a nail clipper. Right. Sorry. But yeah, <laughs> I guess... If you go to the countryside, or basically about Japan and what I like when traveling to Japan or in Japan, is that every town, every area will have their special, 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 special product, <laughs> speciality food, oh, yeah. or whatever. So Japan is very big on local tourism, which I don't feel in Germany that much because, yeah, for example, I've I've been living basically in Germany my whole life. But I haven't traveled much in Germany because it's never really advertised to Germans. It's to like go on domestic tourism. Basically, if you don't know anybody in this town yeah. to visit, like why would you go there? Kind of that <laughs> feeling. But Japanese people, they travel within their own country a lot, I feel. Yes. And they always have like a reason to go somewhere like, oh, I want to travel to this random city to try this product or to get this and it's like really special and celebrated that's kind yeah. of a feeling that comes across and that's why i don't know when i when i research traveling in japan i get really excited but if i feel about traveling in germany it's gonna be like well well what you're gonna eat the same chain restaurant as everywhere it kind Ooh. of yeah it kind of feels like that because when i went to germany i really didn't know what to do i didn't even look up anything i just follow like I just went there and just followed my friends and they just brought me to like yeah. a brunch place, like a buffet brunch place where I think I can get yeah. something like I, something similar and but then not in Germany too. But Japan definitely, definitely have like a yeah. lot of speciality where it's kind of crazy sometimes. Like, you know, they just like 
the whole omiyage stuff too. It's also kind of annoying. That's a crazy business that I will never understand. Yeah, same. Basically, same. um, imagine like a I don't know, like a cookie box or something. Yeah. But it's not necessarily cookies. It can be like small. Little snacks, which are just specific from that area, and it's just sold like en masse in one of the shops at the airport or at the train station, and probably there are even like several shops kind of sell- selling these boxes. Yes, <laughs> like the same stuff, and everybody that goes to that place will buy one of those to bring back to their colleagues, I guess, or to their friends. <laughs> and it's like a, it's a real business. It is. I never get it because for me, I would just like if I want to share it to my friends, I kind of want to eat it first. You know, I want to make sure it's good or something. I mean, basically, end of story. I just want to eat it. I I want some for myself, but because these are in such aesthetically designed boxes or like the wrappers yeah, are just exactly. like so beautiful, you can't really open them. And then so everything is individually, individually, yeah, individually wrapped so that you can give it out to people. Kind of like you know, let's say your yeah. workplace has like people actually do this. It's like people just say, "Oh, my workplace has around twenty people, so I have to buy a twenty-piece like box, box like a yeah. snack box," and they don't eat it. Like at the end of the day, they are the one buying it, but they don't get to eat it. Which is like, well, why would I buy then? Then <laughs> right. it's more, yeah, it's more the thought of buying this. Kind of aesthetic box, which probably has something special from the area, like a picture on it. Like, yeah. I mean, I get the thought behind it. Like, um, you want to like the gesture. Yeah. But still, it's kind of it, it feels kind of pointless. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it helps. It helps with tourism. It helps with per- tourism. Let's just say that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's in the machine business. of promoting domestic tourism. This episode is getting a little bit too long, so I'm just going to cut it here. As always, thank you for listening. My name is Tom. This is Abroad Madness, and we'll see you next episode. Bye-bye.